Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. You know, I get the question all the time. Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we couldn't do it without our Hall of Famers, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? Wonderful. And of course, DDP. Diamond Dallas Page, how are you, dude? Good, man. Ready to go. Uh, this is uh, this is a subject that's uh, close to my heart on a lot of different levels. So uh, looking forward to today's, uh, I guess, we'll, 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 I don't want to call it roads to the top. <laughs> it is the Rhodes family and uh you know uh, i've always considered myself a Rhodes. i like it well we're going to be talking about the Rhodes clan today and jake i'm curious from your perspective when do you first hear of dusty oh my god <clears throat> the first time i heard of dusty i was probably 13 14 uh, and it was at a time my father was wrestling for uh, Fritz Von Erich in the Dallas Territory. And uh, he wrestled Dusty. Dusty was a heel at the time. 
and he was hungry. And uh, I just remember watching my dad with him and saying, Dad, you got to watch that guy. He's a tough son of a bitch. Because at the time, I think at the time, this is before he ever hooked up with Murdoch or any of those guys, he was really hungry and he was a go-getter. And there was something special about him. You know, everybody knew that. You could see it. You could feel it. And uh, you just felt like he was going to leave his mark. He did that night. He kicked the shit out of my dad. <laughs> when did you first uh, meet Dusty as a contemporary, not necessarily as a, a kid in the crowd? Right. Um, God. Is that Florida? Yeah, Florida in 80. I don't know. I can't remember the year. 82? 79, 82, something like that. Somewhere in there. According to my research, your first match against Dusty is in Florida. You were teaming with Big John Studd in a bunkhouse match on September 30th, 1982 in Jacksonville against Barry Windham and Dusty. Yeah. I did most of the work. (laughs) 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 Studd came in occasionally. Big John was big John, but, uh, no, I think I, if I remember correctly, Barry and I did most of the work. Yeah. Yeah. But I would think Barry, yeah. that was a big crew there. Oh, you look man. at stud. Was he six, eight, six, nine, at least you're six, six, freaking Barry's six, four, six, five, you know, and Dusty's a good six, one, six foot, but that's a big crew for, for wrestlers in those days. Yeah. Cause you remember a lot of the guys are small, Yeah, you know, but wide. <laughs> thick, thick, yeah, not really, wide. Yeah, thick, thick, thick. <laughs> what, what about you, Dallas? Uh, when's the first time you hear of Dusty? Did you grow up a fan of his? Just tell us through, you know, what you remember uh, about hearing of Dusty. My teen years, you know, where where you you watch the magazine because I'm a WWWF fan, you know, and so you get the magazines, you see the magazines, you see this this cat Dusty Rhodes. And I'm a big fan. Jimmy Jimmy Valiant was someone first I was attracted to, and I loved just his his whole smooth brother thing going that he had going on. But I also love superstar Billy Graham. And then I hear about Dusty Rhodes and superstar Billy Graham. And that's man, they sold the garden out. I don't know how many times. And you see Dust come in, and I'd never really seen a guy. Like who had so more charisma in his pinky than most people, five people have. And what he was doing in between it and the way Superstar sold it and the promos, the promos. That was the show. That was, I mean, I got to, I'm going to go fast forward to where, you know, I, I almost break my neck in WWE and I just retire. And now two and a half years later, I'm feeling pretty good again. I want to show people what I can do at 49. So I call up Dusty, and he says he's got this show he's doing in Arizona. And by this time, me and superstar Billy Graham are talking to each other quite a bit because I found he was a big fan of mine, which is like the biggest friggin', you know, thrill no matter what. That water tower moment never gets old, you know. And uh, so I'm coming to Arizona to do this match with Eric Watts. And... Dust is there and Superstar drives 90 miles up to because we had never met and me and him and Dusty. Wow. And them 
just telling stories, man. Oh my God. Oh my God. So that I don't have the phone right there and doing that, you know, because we didn't have this still yet like that. Uh, It was magic, man. And them talking about how stealing, and this is what really the talking, like the confidence and the cockiness. And it's another thing as a kid that made me love Muhammad Ali was he not only talked the smack, he backed it up. Yeah. And that's what both of these guys did. You know, and I love Superstar, but man, I really love Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> you know, really so the two of them coming together and hearing that stuff when he got to the WWF, I was just like, wow, man, this guy's magic. And I I just, I, I kind of felt like I knew him. You know, I really did. I finally felt like, I kind of felt like I knew him. And when you watch someone that much, you get to actually, that's why people think they know me. They think they know Jake. Yeah. Because they've seen us so much and they see this side of us. And after watching us on, on this thing, it's going to make them even feel more like they know who we are because we're being ourselves now. Yeah. And on, the, on the TV, we were ourselves jacked up, you know, or who we wanted to invent we would be, you know. So, uh, so he was, he was, he became my guy and he, and he took a little bit of the nudge over superstar. You know, I never cared who won. I just wanted to, you know, to see them. And it was, it was to get to see them later, you know, to watch it later. Like I'll just throw in a DVD once while I watch it, you know, and it's like, it's, it's magical and they're not doing anything. It's so much Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, it's no bumps. And it's like the way Dusty, the way Dusty would move his, his ass and his arm and, and he would get out of a move. Like, who could get away with that shit back then? Because it's reality based. But he could do that, you know? So that's right. So when I finally meet him later, it's like, well, because there's this image that I have of him, you know? Uh, and uh, it was magical to me. Dusty was a star all over the country, you know, championship wrestling from Florida, the WWF, the NWA territories, eventually Jim Crockett promotions. But Jake, you had a, a run with Dusty in Florida. I was able to find 15 matches in Florida between you guys and various singles and tag matches, uh, taped fist lights out bunkhouse, Texas bull rope cage, Texas death match. I mean, Damn. you guys went through some stuff. Uh, what can you tell us about some of these matches with dusty way back when? Ah, too easy. So easy, you know, uh, in the tag matches, it was always Barry and I doing all the work and Kevin Sullivan and dusty sitting <laughs> waiting you know, to come in, waiting to come in and steal the show. <laughs> Uh, which they did. You know, <laughs> we had to put the time in, but there was a magic night. My first near-death experience, I guess, <laughs> in the business uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Christmas night. And it's going to be Kevin Sullivan wrestling Dusty Rhodes, loser leave, and can't come back. So, man, all the marbles are on the line. Uh, my previous actions had uh, caused the NWA to ban me from the building in St. Petersburg. Oh, bastards. <laughs> How could they do that? And, you know, I people thought, people bought into that shit. So did too. I. I thought I had a night <laughs> off. But no, I don't have a night off. 
<clears throat> I had to go to the uh, to the sportatorium there in Tampa, and they dressed me up in this ridiculous Santa Claus suit. Mm-hmm. And they take me over to St. Pete, and I've got a ticket, and I'm told, just walk through the crowd anywhere you want to go, and up in the cheap seats, wherever, hand out candy. Yeah, and don't get recognized because if you do, you might be in some deep shit out there alone. And, uh, you know, because they, they didn't much care for Kevin and I <laughs> at all. If you were with Kevin. Yeah, he was that, a devil, yeah. and that's crazy calling him a devil with me out there. Yeah. <laughs> so all night long, I go up and down those aisles and hand out candy to the kids. They take pictures with Santa and all sorts of stuff. And Dusty and them get in the ring in the cage. And at the right time, Santa makes it down to the ringside and he's handing out toys and stuff and candy. And then he steps inside the barricade and at the right time slips Kevin Sullivan something. Candy? No. (laughs) And he hits Dusty with it. Dusty goes down, cover one, two, three. Now, that's some heat. They had told me in the back, Jake, expect everything to happen. But don't leave the, the area until Kevin gets out of the cage and you guys come back together. Fight your way back. Okay. 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 <laughs> I got it. We'll find our way back. Okay. Wait a second. Let me just explain something. Let me just throw a caveat here. Are there railings back then? Is it a rope? There was ropes. Right. So anybody can get the rope. Step right into right. you. The rope still got them. I want people to realize that because they yeah. see railings yeah. all the time. No, 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 no. So I'm getting pummeled, punched in the back of the head and shit. And, and Kevin hadn't even got out of the cage. I'm going, come on, man. Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're killing me. And I, I don't know what I was doing because I was thinking Kevin's going to be a big help. How wrong was I? Well, let me tell you, we made it around the corner. Now we got the straight shot to the back and I'm, I'm getting punched and I'm fighting and I look and there's no Kevin around at all. (laughs) I look up the back. He's in the back already. He ducked down and just ran through him like this. I can't duck down like that. I'm not five foot five. You know, I, I fought my way back, but anyway, this is a, a water tower moment for me because I'm in the locker room and we can hear the people outside chanting. We want Santa. It's Christmas night, <laughs> you know, and the police come in and see, we've never seen anything like this. There's got to be 400 people outside waiting for you. Wow. I'm like, well, they're not going to get what they want, <laughs> you know, and to hear those people Chanting, we want Santa and F you Santa and all that stuff. And then to go home that night and the next day I get up and pick up a Tampa paper and read where eight Santa Clauses had gotten beat up the night before <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> My God. Riding around, they say, hey, that son of a bitch. And they just go over and pummel the guy, you know? It was a great moment. It's kind of like when you were in Mexico and the cops had to come yeah. and escort you out yeah. of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. That was a little more serious. Yeah. So, so, so it was a great time. Wrestling Barry Windham in those years, man, 
he must have been smooth as oh he my was, god he was great when i wrestled him. we but were out was, there yeah, and it was smooth. so much fun and we were doing 40 minutes a night man and it just it was so much fun doing it man and uh I'll be forever grateful to Barry for what we did together because we were both really young at the time. And and Dusty and Kevin, you know, okay, they had the money spot, but that's all right, man. I just wanted to be part of the show and to be in the ring with Dusty and to, to just feel him work, you know. He would get so much out of a wiggle. Yeah, crazy. It's ridiculous. God. There's three clotheslines and a pile driver. And Dusty gives a wiggle and gets a pop. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And uh, it, it just felt so good, you know, and uh, some of my fondest memories. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas, and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, whoop, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. 
And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. I can remember Dusty saying we were talking about him doing the independence much later on, much later in his life just to pay bills and shit, you know. And he said, and this kid come up to me and he said, so Dusty, I want to talk about a couple of things. He said, all you need to know is you're going to be in the middle and get the elbow. That's all you need to know. Talk to you out there. Yeah, he, he laid that elbow up, and your job's to run into it. Yeah, you know, he didn't even move. Find it, turn it, yeah. find it. Yeah, that's that's the old brother love thing. He would tell Bruce, uh, "Find it, baby," and just <laughs> just great stuff. But you know, at this point, you know, when you're this is early '80s, so this is before Jake the Snake is even a thing. Right. This is right. uh, I don't mean for this to sound the way it does, but this is just Jake Roberts. This is yep. pre the explosion of Vince McMahon's, you know, vision. And you're in there with one of the headline acts across the country. What, if anything, are you able to learn from dusty during that time? Oh, I learned way too much from dusty, man. God, he just taught you how to take your time and how to, to get the most out of the littlest things, you know, guys have it wrong, man. It's the little things that really matter. The big things. We've seen it, but the little things that pull the fans closer to you and make them a part of you, that's, that's what really counts, you know, and, uh, timing, his sense of timing was just off the charts. And of course, you know, getting stuff from Eddie Graham certainly didn't hurt. Yeah. That was his guy. Yeah. He would talk about that all the time. Yeah. He would, Eddie Graham was such a mind. I mean, he might, he may lay out a spot for you. It'll be 15 minutes long, you know, and, uh, they all, but each spot meant something. And if you missed one of them, it's like a domino effect to the rest of the spots. They're not going to fall in the right place. And that's what it taught me to do the fine tuning stuff, you know, do the complete act, not just the big parts, you know, because, uh, completion of the thing in the build. You know, it's sort of like making love to a woman. Hopefully, you won't start off with your best move. <laughs> a lot of guys do, I hear. They do, boy, I guess. I don't understand that. <laughs> I, I want that I want, slow build. And man. I want all the pops along the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just a thumb shot away. You know, just uh, keep rolling. But, uh, no, he taught you He taught you to get the most of it. And um, he, I think it was, it was a night off. You know, you looked forward to it so much that when it really happened afterwards, you're like, we didn't do anything. Mm. You know, there were no cuts, bruises or nothing. And uh, yet we tore the house down, so to speak. You know, the people were mesmerized by what he did. And uh, it's just amazing. Jake, you've told us before that you never turned heel until you went to Florida. Right. It, it, and, and sometimes, you know, um, 
in MMA, they say styles make fights. I think in wrestling it's personalities. And yeah. we've heard from a, Absolutely. from a, from a booking standpoint, you know, you kind of take a sheet of paper, draw a line in the middle. Here's my baby faces. Here's my heels. Well, if you know, Dusty's on the baby face side, being on the heel side, ain't that bad now. Right. I mean, that gives you a lot of opportunity. You want to be the top one, you know, yeah. and, uh, if you can't be dusty, you want to wrestle dusty, right? That's it. That's the money spot. That's the fun spot. And you're, you're going to learn, you know, and that's what I was about. Then was learning. Um, Terry Funk came in a few times, uh, those years and, uh, wow. It just blew my mind what he could do, you know, with the simplest of things with, with, with the facial looks and they all meant something. And it's, like, it's almost like you could read his face and know what he was going to do. Oh, oh my, my God, here he comes. You know, because he just seemed it's like a know, great actor who, who's not saying anything, but their eyes yeah. say everything, everything. Yeah. you know, you can see the pictures in their eyes. It's just like, Terry Funk is a great example. Oh God. You know, with him and Dusty, you know, again, that was, that was magic. Uh, there were so many guys that was Dusty was magical with Flair and uh, Funk would be, you know, at the top. Sullivan, you know, would, those would be at the top of the list. You know, I, I have a real. If we have, do we think we have time to tell a little story here? Please do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going Go that, man. We got time. Let me tell you what happened. Um, Angelo Mosca came in. Now I don't know if you've ever been around Angelo, but Angelo was not a nice man. Uh, he <laughs> wanted. He wanted to. <laughs> prick you and, and then pick at the sore, you know, just oh. aggravation shit, you know, and, you know, of course he played football for Notre Dame and all American and, uh, offensive guard, I think, or maybe tackle. I don't I can't remember. Anyway, he's supposed to be some badass. Well, he gets in the car with Terry and I, and we got a 90 mile trip back to Tampa from Orlando. Terry who? Funk. Oh, funk. Okay. And we get a case of beer for the trip. And we no more get in the car than Angelo starts needling Terry about his college's football team. Oh, boy. West Texas State. <laughs> yeah. Well, that year, West Texas State had lost nine games in a row. Mm. And that's all Angelo needed. He went after Terry. And he kept talking shit, kept talking shit. And Terry's like, come on, Angelo, that's enough. That's good. I can't take, just stop it. <laughs> You're starting to piss me off, Angelo. And at the time, Mosca was wearing the football helmet gimmick. It's where he had it in his back seat. And Terry turned around and he goes, Angelo, tell me one thing, you big bastard. How come if you were so fucking good at Notre Dame, why couldn't you make it in the NFL? Oh my God. <laughs> Cause Angelo didn't make it in the NFL. He had to go to Canadian football. Mm -hmm. NFL. So <laughs> when Terry said that, that fucking pissed Angelo off and he grabbed his football helmet and just fucking knocked the shit out of Terry in the head. I'm driving this fucking lake. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Holy shit. And, and Terry's like, oh, God damn, Angelo, that fucking hurt me. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I wish my brother was here. He'd kick your ass. Oh, Jesus. He's selling. But at the same time, 
He's taking off his ring. He's getting off his watch. Jake, please hold my watch, my <laughs> ring. Don't lose that ring. My father gave me that ring. I love my father. Oh, anyway. So what are you going to do, Terry? I'm going to crawl back there and beat the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> well, let me pull over. No, there's no need to. It won't take long. And he crawls over in the back seat and puts a weapon on fucking Moscow. Moscow weighs him by 80 pounds. But Terry was on him like a man. Pop it, pop it, pop, pop, pop. Crawls back in the front seat, hand me my beer. I hand it to him. Here's your, oh, thank you. Oh, my ring. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to hold my ring. And I'm like, holy fuck, what has just happened? You know? Because he took the helmet away from Angelo and hit Angelo. See how that feels, Angie? You know? And I'm like, holy shit, this is this is not, oh my God. So by the time we get back to Tampa, it's forgotten, I think. So we go to a bar called Robocani's. And I'm out chasing skirts, believe it or not. And uh, Terry and Angelo are standing at the bar just talking to each other and patting each other on the back and telling each other how good they are and all that stuff. And I keep watching and watching and watching. And I notice that Terry isn't going to the bathroom. Moscas went to the restroom four times. Terry must have the most unbelievable bladder. I pick up these little things, fine, fine tuned stuff. But then that Angelo comes back and I see what's happening. Terry reaches down and unzips his pants, pulls his yang out. He's pissing on Mosca and patting him on the back at the same time, telling him, Mosca, you're a great big son of a bitch. And he's peeing all over Mosca's legs and Mosca don't even know it. Before the night was over, they wound up on the dance floor dancing together with the football helmet on. And then it got really fun. Because from there, I dropped Moscow off and Terry and I were going to share a room and we went to the hotel room. And I'm getting undressed and getting in the bed. And Terry's like, Jake, I need to call my wife. What time is it? 3.30. Oh, my God. She's going to know I'm drunk. Holy, do you think she'll hear it? Do you think she'll hear it in my voice? Carrie, you're fucking trash, man. <laughs> Don't call her. Oh, no, I got to call her. I promised I'd call her. So he sits and he starts to get the phone and he starts dialing the phone. And just before he says hello, he hiccups and he slams the phone down. I can't call her now because I've got the hiccups and she'll know I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So he, he hiccups around the room. I tell him, well, just hold your breath, man. What the fuck, you know? I can't stop, Jake. It's going to kill me. I tell you, it's going to kill me. And he staggers into the bathroom. I'm, like, I'm laying there going, my God, boy, this is so fucking crazy. And all of a sudden, I hear this blood-curdling scream, well, fuck, I jump up. I think Terry sliced his wrist or something. I don't know. He opens the door and he comes out. I said, what the fuck? What, what's wrong with you? He goes, nothing. I was trying to scare myself. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Are you serious? And he was serious. 
That was a good time. Great time. That was a great time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about, protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. We, um, we've had a lot of, of fun talking about the good old days of professional wrestling. And more often what we talk about are these stories and less about the matches Dallas, you, you branded yourself the people's champ and it worked because you were, I mean, people believed in you and they believed in dusty the same way. He may have actually been the first people's champ. How can you explain his charisma to a wrestling audience? DDP. I'm, I'm curious because, you know, we hear a lot of times, Hey, uh, I don't know what it is, but that guy has it. Well, whatever it was, was dripping off of dusty. Uh, can you try to contextualize his wrestling charisma or charisma to a wrestling audience? Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, not really. But what I can say is commitment. Yeah. When you've got the commitment and it it goes from acting to what we do, because this is a form of acting and you're just, and a lot of times when you're like someone like dusty or Jake, even myself, sometimes you're just ripping. You know, because you're 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 in that moment of that interview, and you could just like I do when I'm talking, I'm making a point, and then I go to the left, to the right, come back to the point. You know, uh, Dusty had just such a way of making you feel what he felt, and he had fun while he's doing it, and that I think is the biggest thing, especially if you're a character like Dusty Rhodes was, you. He's having fun with it. You know, he, 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 Dusty once told me, and Cody and I were talking about this the other day, that, you know, 
he wanted to die in the ring. Like he would have, his life would have been complete because that's what he loved. And when he was out there and he was cutting those promos and would get people emotionally involved and he, you know, he could take it really high or he could come down low where Jake was, you know, and then he could take it right back up high again. The thing was, he was having so much fun while I was doing it. Sometimes he'd crack himself up, you know, in the middle of stuff. And again, that's what people love. You know, they love that the person's really invested in it because they want to believe, especially in his day. You know, what Jake came up through and everything, people wanted to believe and they wanted to live their life vicariously through you. And that's another part of the charisma that people get attached to because you're doing what they want to do. And yeah. they don't think they'll ever be able to do it. Because, and it's that, old, it's that old line of, you think you can and you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> you know, you know, Henry Ford said that. Yep. What the hell did he ever do? You know, like, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, you know, friggin', he just had so much of it because he believed he was Elvis. And I would always say he's a combination of John Wayne meets Elvis. And he would call himself Elvis. With all he makes to you know, and yeah, all of it. It was a little piece of everybody. And he, he made his own dusty roads. And again, you know, I, I remember in that uh in that um the the very famous promo, the uh God, what the hell is the name of it? Um my hand on your hand. What is the name of it? Hard uh, times. Hard times. Hard times. I ain't got a pretty body, and I'm a little bit fat, but I, I'm a bad man. You know, whatever he said along that line. Because he exposed, like, no, I ain't got the best body, and I may shake my booty. And he would shake it, and people would pop. You loved know, it. they loved it. You know, and The Rock with, the, you know, the, you know, I never dubbed myself the People's Champion. It was Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone right. who did that. And, but Rock took that and he took it to a different spot. But he also had the people's elbow. <laughs> That's American dream. The people's eyebrow. Yeah, the people's Jake eyebrow. Roberts. Jake Roberts. You know, it's like he took all the best things of all the guys that came before him. Mm -hmm. And he did it at a great level. <laughs> you know, look at him today. Talk about a guy with it factor. He's the biggest star in the world. And to me, it's the greatest compliment in the world that one of us, one of our guys, you know, who's been to the top of the ladder is the biggest star in the world, you know, and now John Cena's killing it and Batista's killing it. Yeah. You know, my, my show out there on, uh, on Netflix, uh, Guardians of Justice, uh -oh. getting really great reviews, you know, from people. Look out. It's you know, coming. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's super cool just to be involved in that group of guys, you know, that are out there making things happen in this world. But, but it starts with that it factor. And we all watch Dusty. So we all took something from Dusty. Oh, yeah. All of us, you know. I've we'll always said there's nothing new anymore. So you got to know where to steal your shit. <laughs> and make it your own. Absolutely. The, that promo, the hard times thing. What I liked that about that. Fell off. <laughs> well, again. What I liked about that Dusty promo that you were talking about, the hard times, is he preemptively overcame the objections for his success. It's sort of like, hey, if you grew up a fat kid, you learned, hey, if I make the fat joke, it means it holds no water with anybody else. I'll just do it myself. And the promo you're talking about, my belly may be a little big, my honey yeah. may be a little big, but the, brother, I'm bad and they know I'm bad. 
And it right. was so like, okay, well, we can't poke fun at that because he just told us, you know, despite of all that. And then your power. Yes, exactly. He just stripped it away and made it his yep. now. And Dusty was so fascinating because he had this incredible ability to perform in front of the camera, but really create magic behind the camera. And of course, when he leaves Jim Crockett promotions and, and he tries to do his own thing in Florida, which we've touched on before with you, Dallas in the past, he winds up going to the WWF and it's funny how so many of these characters run parallel with you guys, Jake, you may not even realize this, but Dusty's first match back with Vince was May 29th, 1989, Montreal, Quebec, and he's going to be taking on Ted DiBiase. You were advertised to take on Ted DiBiase. You were not on that match. Instead, it wound up being Dusty Rhodes. That to me is just fascinating to think that Dusty's first match back is substituting Jake Roberts. How about that? Well, I was trying to give the kid a break. (laughs) (laughs) I made everybody laugh here. I was I was probably uh, institutionalized at the time, more than likely. Okay, uh, chat me up about your perspective, Jake, because you had known Dusty, the megastar, pre WWF, yeah. yeah. but you had also known that he had been in a bitter war because you were on Vince's side of that war when it was the yeah. WWF versus yeah. Jim Crockett yeah. promotions. Now he comes north. And a lot yeah. of people over the years have said, oh, all man, the polka dots were a rib. All sapphire. Were waiting, brother. Okay. All tell me about it. were waiting and they were waiting for dusty to fail. Okay. You know, and for me, it was fun because I knew one thing for damn sure. He ain't fucking failing nothing. Right. You can dress him up in polka dots if you want. You know, they, they, they swerved dusty. You're supposed to have had a couple of, uh, hot blondes take him to the ring. Oh. Instead, they give him a short little uh, black lady and they made it work. Yeah. Got it over, man. They got, got that over. shit over, man. But I knew that was going to happen. So I'm sitting back going, yeah, go ahead and talk shit, guys. You watch this motherfucker fly by you. And that's what he did. He flew right back to the top. Dress him up in, you know, polka dots and shit and put him out there in an impossible situation. He's going to do a wiggle. He's going to do a twist and he's doing a little plumber son bullshit and everybody's going to jump on board. And by God, that's what happened. And it, it was so good for me because I knew that Vince in his cruel ways, he wants to see you fail. He wants to humiliate you. And he couldn't do that to Dusty. And he couldn't do it to me. So you felt like it was a rib for sure. Oh, it was. Yeah. No doubt. You no don't doubt. Put, you don't put polka dots on John Wayne meets Elvis. No, <laughs> you just don't. But again, he got it over Made it and, and the fans who saw it, they loved it. Yeah. So maybe inside Vince got a little bit of genius on that side of it. You know what I mean? Well, part I, of it's rib. I'm just saying what it is because someone else can get it over. You know, and what what was really interesting is right before that, I was working with Dusty in Florida Championship Wrestling. That's how I met him. You know, I got a call from Mike Graham, um, and I had strep throat and was I was supposed to leave it, get up at six o'clock because I had an eight o'clock flight for AWA, and it was the only time I'd ever gone up there. Uh, it was like a Friday night for a weekend show. 
I would normally come in and do one t- taping for uh, AWA and do four shows. And that they had a whole month that would be on ESPN. And Mike Grant called and, you know, I heard it on the machine and I pick up the phone and I'm like, uh, hey, Mike, I got strep throat. He goes, I don't want to hear that shit. I'm hitting it with Dusty Rhodes. We just went through a case of beer. We just opened up the jack and uh, we're toasting a few. So I want you to get on the phone with them. I want you to take Dusty and treat him like the biggest market in the world. I go, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes? I go, Mike, Mike, I got no, I got nothing planned. I've got strep throat. And he's like, uh, I go, put the, give him the VCR tape. I said, you play that? He goes, my machine's broken. You're up. And I just went, good God, Dusty Rhodes, the tower power, the man of the hour. I mean, I talked, I talked, I did him. I did Albano. I did myself all of like 35 seconds and got to the end of it. And I said, that's all I got, Dusty. I got a, I got strep throat. Hello? Dusty? It felt like it was five minutes. It was probably about 20 seconds. Him just ribbing me and not saying anything. And then he said, well, that a recording kid. And, you know, I said, oh, that was me. And he brought me up and uh, he met with me. And he wanted to know, like, you know, who I was. So I told him. And I basically also told him that I'm not going to leave my night job, running my nightclub, to make 200 bucks as a manager because they had just come back and they're going to pop Florida because just a couple of years before Dusty could sell out like that. Yeah. Well, the tides had changed. The platforms had changed and we never really got that back. That's why Dusty left and went to New York because he needed to make money again. And he wasn't making any money down there in Florida. I'm sure he was investing some as well. But what really happened for me was I built a real relationship with him over that year because I would come up there once a week to do TV and then drive right back for 50 bucks to, to Fort Myers. So I was you know, driving 137 miles, do the show, and then come back and work at the club that night. And well, you got to uh, stop at the bank and deposit your money. Yeah, my 50 bucks. It yeah. cost me $38 <laughs> in my Corvette and gas to get back and forth. Uh, but I was, you know, at school with him and then I would come up on Thursdays and I would get in the ring once in a while just to see what the bumps felt like. So I could really talk about it, you know, as a color commentator, because that's what he put me on as a color commentator. And in the beginning, I was like, Dusty, like, I, you know, I don't want to say I can't do something, but I don't know a wrist lock for a wristwatch. I, I don't see how I could really add there. And he was like, don't worry about it, kid. Gordon Foley going to walk you through it all. So I got to work with the Dean, you know, and, you know, I was there for two and a half years. Dusty was there for about a year. And then he left and did the polka dot thing. And eventually he came back to WCW. And because we had a relationship that was really strong, I could call him and he'd call me back, mainly because of Cody's mom, Michelle. <laughs> she would make sure that he called me back. And, uh, you know, we'd always talk. We had a relationship and, you know, eventually brought me in WCW. I don't mean to backtrack, but I am curious, Jake. I mean, you didn't even hesitate when I said, do you think the polka dots were a rib? You're like, oh yeah. But at the same <laughs> time, before you got there, there was once upon a time that Jake, the snake Roberts would have never dreamed of wearing lime neon pants and carrying a damn. Right. I'm scared of stuff. <laughs> that feels like a rib. Wait, I'm scared of snakes. I ain't carrying that. I ain't putting me in pink tights. I ain't doing that. 
that's a rib, but you got it over and dusty got it over. I think it went back to marketing. I mean, Coco beware when he's in Memphis, he ain't bringing out a fucking bird, but he knew we got to have something to sell to kids. We need gimmicks. And yep. he brought these lot big colors and he made big Bubba, the badass who just mean mug dusty with a wooden chair still around his neck. No, now you're corrections officer. What? But it's somehow it worked. So I, I don't think I'm not sold on it being a rib. I think it, the rib is on the fans who think it was a rib to me. Cause you made pink tights work and carrying a snake work and Coco made a damn bird work. So yeah, Dusty yeah. can make polka dots. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, there are exceptions, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, let's not forget. Uh, the, the, the great big turkey egg gobbledygooker. Well, that wasn't on. That was Hector. He was trying. Now, listen, I get that didn't work, but if you go back in time, like the Philly fanatic is still over like Rover, like there is something to a mascot to keep the crowd going and get the little kids excited. And I get that. And you know, WCW tried wildcat Willie, but we don't shit on that one. We do Mm -hmm. the gobbledygooker, but it's the same thing. We need a mascot. So I get it. But the polka dots, I'm not sure it was a rib. Like you were just automatic. Okay. I believe you. Yeah, you were there. I gotta believe it was a rib, but also and, and not to agree agree with Jake here, but I believe it was a rib. But let's see, you know, again, it's another way for us to create something that's a different. I mean, that action figure today, that oh. action figure, that's like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. If you can if you can find that action figure, yeah, you know, yeah. from from the old school days. So if you got it at home, that's worth a lot of money <laughs> over my shoulder. Uh, there it is. Those are dusty's polka dot boots that he wore in the WWF. That was my first introduction to dusty. I loved that version of dusty as a kid. I had that action figure. I bought it in Boaz, Alabama. I remember it because it was like, oh my God, here it is because I dug it. So I, at the time would have never assumed, I didn't know what a rib was back then besides the one in Applebee's, but you know what I mean? I just would have never imagined it was a rib. And then I get a little older and everybody's like, oh, it wasn't supposed to work. And I'm thinking they got dudes bringing snakes and bulldogs and birds to the ring. And that's a rib. Hell put me in polka dots. I don't want the snake. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I get it. And, and again, like I said, well, I didn't say, I don't, I don't agree with Jake. And part of it, me says, well, maybe you thought it would, you know, it would have been marketing yeah. because everything was in marketing and maybe it wasn't even Vince's idea. Maybe it was someone who came from marketing and said, why don't we do this? Right. You know, but when you got them doing cleaning toilets and shit that, you know, the, the plumber's son thing, you know, it only went so far. To me. So, <laughs> you know. so let's talk about the other, the next roads, Dustin Rhodes. He actually pops up in the WWF there for a little bit, Jake, while you're still there. And, uh, boy, he made quite the impression. I mean, right away, a lot of people were thinking this guy is going to have a big future. I mean, once upon a time, uh, Bruce Pritchard even said that it was discussed. What if Dustin was to take on Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania? He could have been like the next guy because people knew dusty roads and knew that legacy and knew that history. And of course it didn't work out, but what was your first impression of Dustin Rhodes, Jake? Oh, it was just. Mind fucked me, you know, that character, uh, not gold dust. Now I'm saying when he's just the white oh, meat, baby face son oh, of Dustin. Okay, the natural. Okay. The natural. Yeah. Yeah. He was just a class act, man. He worked his ass off, you know, and, uh, he could move, man. Dustin could move and he was smooth. Of course. 
A lot like Barry. Yeah, a lot like Barry. Absolutely. And uh, he was your worker's worker. You know, he could go out there with anybody and have a great match. But sometimes that's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, sometimes... Uh, You're too good and it becomes your job to make other guys look good. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. I, I The first time I met him, he's 18 years old in Florida Championship Wrestling. Okay. And that's where he breaks in. That's where I met Scott Hall. That's where I, yeah, I met a lot of the guys. Uh, Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis. Uh, um, but uh, back then, even at 18, he was really smooth. Yeah. Like he really, Dusty had dubbed him the natural down there, you know? Yeah. And that really was true. He was a natural. And back then, and this is why I loved the gold dust. Wasn't crazy about it when I first saw it. But when I saw what he pulled off with it, in the back, his Terry Funk's as good as Jake's. He could do his old man. Like, if they ever do a movie on my life, Dusty's in it, he's playing him. Because he could do his old man ridiculously, like, spot on. But he could do everybody. He could do everybody's personality. In the back, he was unbelievable. So talent still is. Yeah, but that's that's why I love, you know, we get the gold. This was that reason, because he was magic. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. You see, temperature-controlled sleep repairs our muscles after a hard day's work, and it improves our cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili Sleep makes customizable, climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Chili Sleep makes the Uller, that's the one I have, and the Cube Sleep System. Both are hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili Sleep can make that happen. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket. It's the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any cube or Uller sleep system. Now this offer is available exclusively for DDP snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Guys, I love chili sleep. You've heard me brag about it. I even took it to the beach with me this week. But one thing I want you to know, this is the best offer chili sleeps ever have. Even I didn't get 30% off. Are you kidding? This is the best offer ever. Check it out. 30% off. It won't last forever, but they've got it right now. And it's worth a look. That's chili. C-H-I-L-I sleep.com forward slash my world. 
So you actually start working with him, uh, in, in March of 92, uh, Dallas, I see you team with cactus Jack here to take on Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. Barry Windham is a constant in all these stories. And you wind up working with Dustin a lot in 92, including a 14 minute match on Saturday night. Now I know these days people have an impression of WCW Saturday night as the quote unquote B show, but that was not the case in 92. That was the a show that was pre nitro. And to have a 14 minute match was a big deal for you in 92 on TV, Huge, but a huge deal for a very young Dustin as well. Um, any memories of that? Just like I love, there's certain guys that I just loved working with. Again, we had that relationship from him, you know, from four years before, you know, or three or three, that was three years before. Uh, and he knew how green I was. And he worked with me and for me to go 14 minutes at that time, you know, that was a long time for me to be out there, you know, at that in 92. Uh, and, uh, I just loved, I just loved there's certain guys who he was a lot like Canyon to me, like who I felt like I could just lock up and move with. And as long as he was leading the dance, I'm good to go, you know, back then. And he took care of me and, uh, and I got to be the heel that I was trying to be out there with them. And again, to be, get that much time on a Saturday night, that was a big deal. So, uh, uh, Dallas, I'm curious about when you're working in WCW in 1992, Dusty had just come in, uh, in 91 and, uh, he finished up at the Royal rumble in 91 and then he's back in WCW and you know, it's, it's a little weird because we're easing the Jim Hurd era out. It's not quite yet when Bill Watts is in here, but from your perspective, had dusty changed from the first guy, the first time you talked to him down uh, when he's trying to launch his Florida deal. So now you're in WCW and he's got a little bit of power within WCW. Do you guys still have the same relationship or has it changed better every, every day better? Like when I first got there. Dusty put me in booking meetings because you got to remember when I was in Florida, he was had me you know, producing interviews and he had like I wasn't just the color commentator or the manager. I was doing all the stuff in the back. He would bring me into the production meeting and was like grooming me, teaching me to be a booker down the line. Right. You know, because he just he took me under his wing. He, he like he was like my big brother. And sometimes he was like my old man, you know, and. The bottom line is, is that as we went through this journey, now I'm in WCW and he's got me in a booking meetings and I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm in here and he's asking my opinion and I'm giving it to him because I don't know any better. I have no idea the heat I'm getting for voicing my opinion. This fucker. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly, man. I did not realize the heat that I was getting. Oh man. Um, but I did, you know, I just kind of blew it off. You know, ignorance was bliss to a certain degree. Some of it I didn't know about. I find about it later, but I just, I got to produce, you know, people's interviews and, and do all that stuff. And so as, as and when they won't let me manage anymore, they would put me in production, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to wrestle. And when I went down there, you know, it was like, it was like, bless his heart. <laughs> you know, like no one gave it a second thought. Right. You know, so uh, you know, just being down there and and being put actually being put on TV and like within a year, 
not even a year, you know, for you to be able to do, I don't know how many months I was in at that point as a wrestler really wasn't that many. If you look back at that time to go 14 minutes with, with someone like Dustin, you know, who's only in business four years, but again, he was a natural for me to be able to do that was a big deal. Yeah. You know? So Jake, I'm curious, uh, not to get totally sidebarred here, but if Bill Watts wasn't ultimately in control and dusty was, would you have left WCW or would that have been a totally different experience? A totally different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be nice right now. <laughs> no, I get it. Well, let's, let's talk about gold dust. You know, you, you assumed a minute ago, I was asking about gold dust. Let's circle Bill. back to him. <laughs> I, I slipped out. I, I, I went to say something else. <laughs> Uh, what'd you think of gold dust? I mean, you, you have, uh, explored some different characters and maybe the darker side. I love that character. I love that character. Uh, he, he did a phenomenal job, you know, and, uh, sometimes you gotta be careful when you're playing characters because you can let yourself become part of that character. And I think for a while there, Dustin was getting flirting with disaster, you know, and, uh, it may have even caused him some problems. I don't know, but that character was done so well. You know, he carried it off, not just to hear, but to hear, you know, and just, uh, it was mesmerizing for me just to watch. And it was a tough time in the beginning to do oh, that. Oh God. Kidding. You know, really tough time. And he, but he like, again, yeah, he kissed Ahmed Johnson. Dude. <laughs> That's a tough time. He, he was committed at a different level. Yeah. You know, he was going to make it work to beyond all expectations. You know, I think Pat Patterson and stuff, they were working with that. And uh, it was a great idea. I mean, just, you know, at the time, Vince loved vignettes. And he loved to make them vignettes because you could, you could explore a character in them. And that's what he did. You know, he used the vignettes to get Goldust started, and uh, people loved the fact that it was that it was uh, the natural becoming Goldust. The fans did; they thought that was very interesting. And uh, what happened, and all the all the bullshit that went around, man. At the time, there were people talking rumors of Dusty and uh, Dustin had gotten into a fight. No, it's just crazy shit. And that he was doing this to slap his dad in the face and. All this crap, man, that, that flew around at the time. So uh, that's not true. You know, they, it was, they just did a character, man, and they went with it. You know, let's face it. You want to get to the big show and a guy offers you, you're going to carry a snake and wear lime green and purple tights. Damn right I am. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not John Wayne yet, and I can't tell you what I will and won't do. But when you're given that opportunity, you've got to take your tools and go to work because the bottom line is you still got to work at it and you've got to make it believable. You got to make the people believe that that's who you believe you are. Right. So that's the key. I mean, that yeah. is literally the key. That's why Ric Flair got over so unbelievably and is still probably more over today than he's ever been. You know, uh, because he lived the gimmick and still does. Yeah. You know, he freaking, 
He's, you know, he, he's, he's so loved by so many people when you can say, yo, give me two claps at a Ric Flair. Woo. You know, when you got teammates doing that, who didn't watch him wrestle, they just know who he was, Yeah, you know, yeah. and caught pieces of it, you know? So that's called living it, man. And, and making people get behind it. So Dallas, I asked Jake earlier, if he thought the, uh, the polka dots were a rib, was the gold dust character a rib? No, I don't really think so. In the beginning, I kind of did a little bit because of the stardust. I kind of did a little bit, but then I saw the commitment that not only Dustin was putting in, but Vince was putting in. Yeah. You're like yeah. when you, when he gets, when he gets behind something, that's, a that's, lot of that's, that's not a rip, you know? And, and again, he, I think Vince in the beginning, giving you that, when you started to spend the money and do the vignettes the way they do it, the way they set that, that was the smartest way to bring everybody in. I don't know why that ever changed anywhere about anything because that was just a really great way to build people caring or wondering or interest in the character intro and, and he put that in and then dustin went out there and was committed to it like i said earlier and like really committed to it and that's a redneck cowboy like that's, that's who he's that's who he is but he can play that character like i told you in the back he could be anybody. Mm -hmm. He could play anybody. So he'd been doing that for so long. So what are you going to do? He's going to go out there and quote things from different movies. He's going to nail it because that's, that was his commitment that he put into it. And then I realized that's not, you know, this is not a rip at all. It's like Vince is really pushing this. And it got, it got pushed to a point to where, well, I can't remember what pulled it back, but there was, there was something that had to do with, I can't remember at the time, to be perfectly honest, but it got a hell of a run. And today, if he showed up there, place to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you really know. Because yeah. something, I mean, I was with Hulk before he went out um, in, um, where were we in? We were, I want to say it was Montreal. And it was the first time he had been coming back with the NWO thing, you know, to WWF or WWE, so WWF at the time. But he has second guesses. Elvis Presley second guessed himself. But, you know, I mean, I know no matter what now, if I walk out on AWs, I don't care what arena I'm in, I'm going to get that reaction. He's going to get that reaction. Goldust is going to get that reaction. Cody's going to, oh, well, I don't know about that there. Cody's going to get an unbelievable reaction wherever he ends up. That's going to be what happens. Because there's a certain level you get to, and then you're just there. And wrestling fans, even if they've done, the network was the greatest thing to happen to us. Mainly, we didn't make any money off it, but we did because it's like put us on a different level. It's kind of like what happened with classic rock. Like classic rock came back because everybody loved that music. And how many bands got a whole new run yeah. from the oh, Eagles God. on out? Yeah. The, the Eagles still today, with some of the guys being gone from the band because they're because they're gone, they passed on. They still sell out everywhere. Yep, arenas, Rolling stadiums. Down. Yeah, running across the state. God damn it! I'm glad he's not in a wheelchair. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for that show. Him zipping across the stage in a wheelchair, <laughs> still singing. You know, I don't think he ever will. Only because. If you look at ripped, you ever see his body, and he's in his seventies. That some bitch is ripped. His old man was a fitness guy. 
And he was raised like that. So he partied his ass off over over the time, but he always stayed in shape. He always put the work in, Mick. You know, so I don't think you've ever seen it, but you might. Oh, well. You might. So, Jake. Damn uh, it, there went my bubble. (laughs) Dallas brought it up. When did you first meet Cody? I didn't meet Cody until. uh, 2018? Yeah, AEW. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I'd seen bits here and there. I'd seen him as Stardust. And I remember seeing him with a horrible mustache. <laughs> Dashing. That was the worst mustache I've ever seen. It just didn't work for him. That porn mustache did not work for him. I'll tell you what does, though. I just saw him the other day, and he's got the mustache with like a scraggly goatee. I got to yeah. Looks really cool. It looks, I, I forgot to tell him that. Uh, but it looks really good on him. I hope he keeps it wherever he goes. <laughs> so uh, you have a different relationship with Cody though, Dallas. When did you first meet Cody? Oh God, <laughs> probably when he was about 10, Yeah, you know, and one of his favorite stories, is <laughs> he comes downstairs. It's August. It's August. And he comes downstairs. He's 12 years old and he hears me and his old man laughing. And when he gets to the bottom of the stairs, we're both smoking cigars, and I've got that coyote jacket on. It's 90 degrees outside. But you're cool. <laughs> but I got Dusty had just given me that coat. And I love that coat, man. Because I seen him in Magnum in a picture of them guys wearing it. And I was like, dream, please sell me that coat. Please sell me that coat. Please. I'd ask him all the time, please sell me that coat. And then eventually he just gave it to me. And uh, it was, it was magic. That, that was a great day. Because what I would do is come over and we'd always, you know, spend time together every couple of months. And we talk about, it, you know, and I will remember at that point, I want to say that was around me and Johnny B. Bed time. You know, we'd gone through that little run that we did and he was like, he couldn't believe because he wasn't in power at that time. And he was taken out, I say Eric Bischoff's like, sent him out the pasture, which meant that I love Dusty and I think he's really a genius, but not the genius I want right now. You know, consulary, they're still going to pay him because they don't want Vince to take him and then he'll come up with something that friggin' shifts the tide you know, or puts anything more on them. But so it gave him so much more time for me. I could call Dusty any time. And so there was, there was a lot of times where I was seriously frustrated, man. And I tell, I told this story a lot, but because it's a Rhodes uh, episode, I got to tell it. There was one time where I was so pissed off and aggravated about the booking committee, not giving me the opportunity you know, to keep the, and I didn't expect to be the world champion. I didn't expect to be a Hall of Famer. I wanted, like, Jake's spot that Jake had and Rick Rude had was when they came out there, I don't give a shit if it's Hulk Hogan or who is out there. You did not know who was going to win. That was the, you know, that element of doubt of not knowing as opposed to, oh, we know who's going over here. Right. You know, and that's really all I really wanted at that time. And I said, Dusty, I know I'm never going to be you or Rick or Hulk. I know I'm never going to be the world champion, but those sons of Betty went, Dennis, enough. 
What did you just say? Now I feel kind of stupid. You know, I guess I, well, Dusty, I don't ever be you or Rick. or No, D, what did you say after that? So well, I know I'm never going to be the world champion. He said, then what the fuck are you doing it for? Dallas, I mean, he was pissed. He said, if you don't think as hard as you work, as far as you've come, if you don't think you're going to be the world champion, you need to get the fuck out of our business right now. And I normally say hell there, but this is our show. And I say exactly what he really said, because he was mad. And I felt like he just reached you the phone and bitch slapped me, man. And, you know, freaking, he kept rolling. And he was mad. And I couldn't, I can't tell you a thing he said after that, but I'll tell you exactly what I did. And it was a pad next to the phone. And I pulled that pad over and I wrote on it, I will be the world champion in five years or less. And it was four years, four months, and 14 days when I step in the ring in a four-way dance with Rick and Hulk and the franchise, the Stinger. And I'm t- telling that story on Cameo for people who want to be inspired. It's like, believe in yourself. You have, because Dusty, that's what that was all about. Dusty telling me, you have to believe. If you don't believe, it no one will believe. You, can't believe. you know, and he said the same thing to me mm-hmm. before. But this was a moment that it's so crazy when I do those cameos. One day I'm doing it and I realize, oh, my God. I said to him four years, four months and 14 days earlier. I know I'm never going to be Rick. I know I'm never going to be Hulk. I know I'm never going to be you. Yet, four years, four months, and 14 days later, I step in the ring with Rick and Hulk. And Dusty's not wrestling anymore. Oh, so let's replace him with the franchise. The Stinger. And Randy Savage. They're all in there. And Randy Savage as the guest referee. Yeah. Like, that was like, the beginning, I always tell people about manifesting dreams into reality. Like, this is something I thought about. Like, I'll tell you every day from that day forward. And that was my focus on top of focuses. And it was because of what Dusty said to me and made me believe in myself more. You know, that that's the power that the dream had with me. Just like he has had the same power. So we, uh, we can't talk about the road story and not talk about, you know, what dusty did outside of the ring after his in-ring days were up. Of course he was critical in helping getting over the NWO angle for WCW on commentary, but then behind the scenes, boy, he really took developmental under his wing. And there's so many stars that we see on TV today who grew up as quote unquote, one of dusty's kids in their formative years in wrestling. And then, man, it doesn't feel like it, but I guess it was almost seven years ago. We lost dusty Rhodes. Um, what, what, a, what a blow that was to professional wrestling because you just assume, or you hope, you know, in your mind that a guy and a character and a persona like this, dusty will live forever. And, uh, I guess he will now through Cody and Dustin, but. What did Dusty's passing mean to you, Dallas? <sighs> you know, it's funny because, well, not funny, but my dad passed on Christmas. And my old man was a good guy, but he was my role model for what not to do. You know, the bad decisions and so many things 
And it hurt, you know, of course, anybody's parents. But when Dusty went, whoo-hoo, it was way bigger than that to me. And it was like you pulled the, the rug out. And I was seven years. <laughs> you know, we still feel it. And I was in the airport. And I heard that. And I just sat down. And he had told me this many times. This. But Cody told me. It is so funny because Cody calls him Dusty just like we do. Right. Most of the time. And uh, he said, uh, my dad wanted you. He said, Dusty wanted you to know that he had five friends. You could count them on one hand. And there are guys who have fallen off that list and been able to pop back up again. He said, some never come back up. He said, Dallas has never been off that list. Now, and I know because he had said it to me in real life. But to hear Cody say it, super special. Yeah. So it meant a lot, you know. <laughs> and I knew it was, I knew he was not in good shape. And Jake was going to induct me because I went into the Hall of Fame or the circle of uh, the ring circle of honor for uh, which was was a huge, huge cauliflower alley club. That was the first guys to induct me. Um, it really meant a lot and got the call uh, from those guys. And I was going to be the first guy that was going to go in as not just the first they told me as um, the humanitarian award. And they're really putting that over. And at some point I go, what about my wrestling? <laughs> he goes, oh, no, you're going in for that too. Because I've always, like, I've known that, I knew a long time ago that eventually what I'm doing today is going to overshadow yeah. my wrestling career. And, you know, I was like, I guess I would love to go into the humanitarian, but I was really happy that they were going to put me in for the wrestling too. And Jake was going to do the humanitarian and Dusty was going to do the um, the wrestler, and um, I got a call from Shelly, and she was like, "He wants to be there, but you know, he can't." I was like, "No worries, you know, because I knew he wanted to be there, yeah, but he couldn't, and I knew it wasn't going to be long, so I was like at least a little prepared." Dallas, um, you know, the Rhodes family really, really well. Let's go back a few years. Let's not talk about present day. It is what it is. Uh, it'll all play out how it does, but how proud would dusty have been at Cody oh. helping create oh AEW God. and just the phenomenon that was all in. And then man, the snowball just got bigger and bigger. And then this new company, uh, I can't imagine how proud dusty would have been. I can't even imagine. And he would have been there through all of it too, you know? And one of the things that it was really important to Cody, because our relationship, it started when he was 12. 
13, 14. I'll never forget when he was 14 years old. And I said, so, you know, I always called him young buck back then. Always just really weird. I know because yeah. of <laughs> what ended up happening. But back then I always used to call him young buck. And I, and I, Dusty had asked me to come in cause he coached with, you know, with Cody and football and, you know, whatever he was doing, Dusty was there. And, um, I said, so young buck, uh, I was at Dusty's turnbuckle place, getting ready to get in the ring. I don't want to say it's around the time I was going to WWE. And I just want to get in the ring and start, you know, knock some rust off. And I said, so, uh, when you, uh, let's start football. So I'm not playing this year. I'm, uh, I'm going to focus on wrestling. I go, what you love football. What do you mean? You're not playing football. I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really want to focus on wrestling uh, next year, not this year, but next year, my junior year, I'm going to win the state championship. I was like, wow, that's a bold statement. And he said, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to put the work. And I said, that's what it's going to take. And then at, th- at some point I leave and I go to LA his junior year and I hear that, you know, he's 11 and 0. So I call him up. Hey, young buck, blah, blah, blah. How you doing? Good. Oh man. Great. Doing great. And you know, 11 and 0. I call him a 20 and 0 and 30 and 0. And 30 and 0. <laughs> I say to him, Yo, young buck, how you doing? Oh my God, D, you know, you just don't know. I mean, I just did a whole thing on, you know, on ESPN News and they're doing an article with me and my dad. Blah, blah, blah. I go, well, calm down, young buck. I, I might have an idea. You know, I think I was a three time world champion. Oh, come on, D. I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean like that. I go, I go, listen, I'm just busting your chops. I go, I just keep your feet on the ground, man. You know, because down the line, you know, right now you got bullseye on your back. 30, you know, like, I'll tell you what, you get to the state championships, you get to state finals, I'll be there. He's like, seriously? You'll go back to LA? I said, I'll be there. Bottom line is I booked my ticket right then. Right. Got there, watched him go 48 now, and win the state championship. So the next year, he's 12 and 0, and then he loses. And I call him up. I know already, you know, hey, young buck, how you doing? Oh, Dallas, I lost. I fucking lost. I go, thank God. What? What would you say that for? I go, Cody, you think you learned from winning? You don't learn shit from winning. You learn from losing, falling down, making mistakes. I go, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have met this guy in the quarterfinals, been 44-0, and he beat you then? Hell no. I go, exactly. I said, what did you learn from this? And he told me. And one of the things that he would learn over the course of this next state championship run, nobody wanted to get pinned by Cody Rhodes. Right. So that's all they cared about. They didn't care about points. They didn't care about shit. They just weren't getting pinned. And once he realized that, he'd take him down, he'd ride him, and he'd get up and let him up. And then he'd take him down and ride him. And then he'd let him up. My third or fourth town, they're gassed. And he'd pin them. Boom. Done. So I said, this kid, he thinks he beat you. He don't know you. I said, just keep doing what you're doing. Everything's going to work out. I'll see you in the state finals. And went all the way through it. I got there. He faced that kid in the finals and ate him alive. Awesome. And over his, because he won his state championship, I flew him out to L.A. To stay with me for a week. And over that week, 
I took him to Rob Zombie's party. <laughs> I took him to the set when Terry Crews was on. Uh, it was called uh, uh, something plain. Uh, uh, the one Snoop Dogg did. Soul Plane? Um, so what's it called? Soul Plane? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They, uh, it was that. And I introduced him to Terry Crews. We took pictures of him and one of the wait, uh, the, the, um, the uh, actresses there. And I told him, I said, keep an eye on this guy. He's going to be huge. Look at Terry Crews today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the biggest stars in the world can do anything. The bottom line is when he left Vince and when he was at WWE, and I don't know what he was making there, but that spot he was in, knowing the business, I'm saying it's worth probably a half a million, $450,000, $500,000 a year, somewhere around there. He left that money because he believed in himself that much. Yeah. And for him to have done that, and we followed him all the way through here. He came here. We did interviews with him. We followed him. We started. I said, listen, let me just start filming you. My guys, they love you. They, want, they will film you. Cost you nothing. You just, let's make some videos around what you're doing. And then that whole all-in thing happened. Dusty would, I mean, he wouldn't have been, I just can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, I really can't even imagine how light on his feet he would have been, you know, and just walking on air, you know, watching Cody do what he did, you know, it was pretty amazing. Jake, we don't know um, what to expect as you and I are recording this. We don't know what to expect for Cody next, but way back when in the old territory days, uh, it was important to know when to leave. And yeah. Michael Hayes once told me you always want to leave on top. And I was curious why he would say that. Like to me, no, you want to ride it all the way out. And he cut me yeah. off and he said, no, no, you always want to make sure you've got a place to come back to. And Absolutely. that was some old school thinking that I hadn't quite wrapped my head around, but given all that happened in the development and launching and really the creation of AEW, And he was really the flag bearer for so long. He's made the decision now to, to leave not once, but twice WWE, that guaranteed situation where, where there was no AEW, there is no alternative. Just cut your own path on your own. And now again, with something that he helped create, that sounds a little Jake, the snake Roberts, you knew when it was time to leave. Um, yeah, but he was, uh, he's a businessman, right? I never was. Uh, that's one of my faults and, uh, one of my regrets. <sighs> yeah. What do you think or hope is next for Cody? Whatever he wants, whatever his heart desires that will allow him to be a around his child as much as possible. I know what I missed over the years, being on the road all the time. Nobody should have to miss the things that I missed. Nobody. You know, kids growing up are the most important thing because they help keep you young. You know, you watch them enjoy the things that you did maybe 20 years before, but you get to taste some more of that. It feels good. I think it's important. Uh, 
certainly a strong family base is, is so important these days. And, uh, I, that's my desire for him, you know, and, uh, Dustin, I hope does whatever he wants to do. They certainly deserve the opportunity to do whatever they want to do. You know, they'll tell you, you know, you may have a job, but if you don't love it, you're going to work. That's right. I don't want to work, man. I want to do something that I dig. That's fun. That makes me feel like I've accomplished something. Makes me feel like I've helped somebody out. Contributed to mankind in some way. Maybe moved a pebble or a rock or a boulder. Doesn't matter. I moved it. And uh, that's when you accomplish things, man. My life's never been sweeter than it is right now. And I'm not wrestling. <laughs> you know, and uh, if somebody would have told me 20 years ago that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now, I'd have laughed in their damn face, man. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it blows me away that. That I let myself become trapped, become watered down. I cheated myself. I cheated my fans. And I regret that. You know, I really do. I know I had to go, some, go through a lot of things <clears throat> to become who I am today. But, man... Those were some tough years I went through. Yeah, but you're helping so many people now, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're helping I, I so get many that. people. I get that. And, and I want to be that guy that helps people. That's why I want the Rhodes family to enjoy whatever they want. You know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the match that Cody and Dustin oh, had. Jesus. At the very first AEW show that set the pace for the whole company. Yeah. That, I mean... They, 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 that, that match was old school and new school Yep, mixed the way it needs to be mixed to really do something like Vince would have never given them no opportunity, no, you know, because he didn't believe in it, but he went out there and he proved it. And to me, it's the best match of the decade. The match that those two guys had was, you know, the fans, and that's why I love the AEW fans. They remind me so much of the ECW fans, just different. Um, but they were in it from the entrances to the finish. And those guys, it was blood, sweat, and tears, man, like for real. They just went out there and killed it. They gutted it. Gutted it, exactly. <laughs> Hang it up on a hook, skin it, it's over. Yeah. So I, th I think Cody Rhodes, you know, has proven himself over and over and over again. And to know that the last promo that he did in AEW, when he talked about all the things that, and, I, and I'm a punk fan. I think punk is amazing. But all the things that the people that he talked about in, you know, the pipe, what do they call it? The pipe bomb. The, yeah, the pipe bomb. All the things he talked about in that, Cody did. And nobody could take that away from him. You know, you know uh, wherever he goes and whatever he does, you know, it'll be the best for his family. And it will be something that, you know, I trust will satisfy him.
in his journey because he doesn't want to do this forever. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to do this like me flying off the top turnbuckle 63. You know, he might, but, you know, for fun, you know, friggin', he wants to, he wants to do other things too. But right now, let's get this. Is, he's in his prime. Can't be any more in his prime than he is right now. So. Well, I can't wait to see what's next for Cody. And, uh, I'm, I'm just excited to, uh, see what's next for the Rhodes family because Dustin's not done. He's still got his fingerprints all over AEW. Jake, what do you think the Rhodes legacy will be in wrestling when it's all said and done and Cody and Dustin are hanging them up? What will it be? Well, I hate to steal this line, but it's grand theft. (laughs) The best there is, the best there was, the best there'll ever be. You know, there's two families and Cody made that real parent. <laughs> there's two families. It ain't just, you know, the McMahons. There's the Rhodes and made their self. And in our movie Relentless, Cody talks about, you know, our relationship and what we've gone through at the end. And uh, he says, you know, Dallas Page is a Rhodes. And I am. Always have been. And, uh, just really excited to see what happens, you know, because whatever it is, I know he's going to make the best of it. And right now he's uh, in the best spot. And Dustin, he's still got a lot of gas in the tank. Yes, he does. You know? So who knows what's going to happen? It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. That's what I do know. And we hope you guys think this show is fun to watch. This was a great episode today. Thank you guys for the time. And uh, we're going to do it again next week. But if you want to hear from these guys in the meantime, Cameo is the place to do it, but not on the app. Do it uh, on your computer or on your desktop or whatever. Jake, you're helping a lot of folks with cameo these days, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I dig it too. Really do. Just another way of getting things done. Yeah. Getting to communicate with the, don't be afraid to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's really like one-on-one stuff. Reach out and help somebody. That's the whole thing. All right, boys. Check it out. Cameo.com. See you next week. Right here on DDP Snake Pit.